Welcome back to Equipping Christian Leaders, a podcast resource from Entrust. Entrust exists to multiply leaders from multiplying churches. Our website is www.entrust4.org. That's Entrust, the number four, dot O-R-G. Today, your host, Lori Lind, continues a discussion with Scott Klingsmith of Denver Seminary about formal and non-formal Christian education. Hello, friends. Welcome back again to Equipping Christian Leaders and our conversation with Dr. Scott Klingsmith. Having agreed that non-formal and formal training each have their place and their strengths, I asked Dr. Klingsmith if or how Denver Seminary incorporates some of those stronger aspects of non-formal ministry training. One of the complaints about formal education historically has been that there there really is an emphasis on the head and that uh, heart and hands, uh, <laughs> to use a, a metaphor that is deeply ingrained in interest, is, uh, <laughs> would tend to get neglected. You mm-hmm. say uh, the seminary's job is to deal with the intellectual stuff and it's the job of the church to, to help people grow in character and skills. Um, and so it's often been the complaint that people have graduated from uh, from seminaries or Bible schools with lots of knowledge, but without uh, practical ministry skills and with um, maybe less concerned about godly character. Uh, here at Denver, at least, and and uh, a number of other um, a, a number of other schools, we have what we call training and mentoring, and so all students. Um, are required to find a mentor, and uh, each semester they learn. They write a learning plan uh, that has to do either with uh, some kind of character development or some kind of skill that they want to increase in. So every student is engaged with someone um, who is helping them work through uh, character and skill issues. Um, I I think, I mean, it's always a balance in a curriculum. Uh, as to as to who who gets the credits, but um, we at least have said this is important enough that we're going to dedicate uh, credit hours to help students uh, grow in in character and in ministry skills. Um, it's it's not perfect, but at least it's our attempt to integrate uh, education that deals with the whole person and not just the mind. Mm-hmm. And that mentor can be anyone. Do they need to be on the faculty, or can it be someone from their church or community? Or yeah, it it can really be anyone. Okay. Um, sometimes students will pick a, a mentor for a, a specific task, mm-hmm. uh, someone that they say is really skilled at at some particular aspect of ministry that they want to um, that they want to improve in. Um, Oftentimes, it's simply somebody that they respect and, and feel that they can uh, learn from, uh, somebody that can help them grow uh, as they work through these different learning plans and uh, in their own desire to become more godly. Hmm. I just love that. That's inspiring me. I want to find someone and write a learning plan. <laughs> it seems very intentional. Um, it hmm. is, and, and the goal is... Um, really to help students develop habits of lifelong learning mm-hmm. so that this isn't something that they just do to check it off uh, to meet the requirement, but that it helps them develop 
um, ways of thinking about personal growth uh, that then they can continue on. So if they finish here, um, most of them are going to be looking for mentors and they're, and they're going to be um, becoming mentors themselves because they've experienced the value of uh, somebody walking along with them. That's fantastic. And then, so then thinking the other direction, if someone only has access to non-formal training, like right now in trust has a, a big ministry in Africa called more than a mile deep. And it's all um, much like the model that you were using in Eastern Europe, yep. people coming, training a little, leaving, coming back, checking in. There's not any formal sit down classroom graded so much. How, how do, how does that model gain what might be lacking maybe it is just the head knowledge or the you know how how can that model be strengthened well i i think that the challenge is um so non-formal does not mean disorganized uh it does not mean ad hoc uh -huh. it means that there is a plan that there is organization involved in it um as opposed, as opposed to informal education that just kind of happens in life. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of programs that, that still are pretty ad hoc. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so there, are, there are programs that could definitely benefit from more, um, more organized learning plans, uh, a more, uh, more in-depth curriculum uh, that's mm -hmm. not just, well, what do our students need this week? Mm -hmm. but uh, that uh, takes them through, you know, some kind of an established curriculum. And, and I think that the options for non-formal education to have an integration of learning and ministry is one of its real strengths. Mm -hmm. And um, in many ways, uh, including some kind of a, a mentoring component to that mm -hmm. uh, can, can be a value where they're uh, I mean, it often happens in groups anyway, that, that they end up, you know, I mean, they're learning from each other. That's the, that's the value of it. It's not that the expert is just coming in and dumping their content, right. but the students are learning together. And so um, sometimes uh, simply formalizing some of those relationships, I think, can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. yeah. And more and more, as you say, there is this convergence where the two are coming together and incorporating aspects of the other type of training and learning. And if people do, if we do move more and more into um, th this non-formal kind of training, or at least like using distance, like, like Zoom and training online, do we lose the life on life aspect there, do you think? Or are there ways to keep that real close mentorship kind of um, learning going on, even if it's at a distance? I think it's a question of intentionality because um, just being on campus with a professor does not necessarily mean that you're going to get more life on life than you will from a distance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there are professors that come into class and, and deliver their lectures and that's the only contact they have with students. Um, and, and there are professors that are deeply engaged with their students, um, you know, whether that's in a, a church context or, you know, going out and do evangelism together. Or, I mean, it, there's such a wide variety there. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the question is not 
the distance, but it's the intentionality of relationship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of uh, this technology, you know, depending on on a professor's resources, he or she could have significant engagement uh, in the life of students, no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as in a classroom, it can be just as perfunctory or as uh, deep as the professor or the student uh, pushes for. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it might not be, um, you know, sitting in the same room or engaging in the same ministry together uh, from a distance, but uh, there still is the possibility to. Um, to be coaching and, and encouraging and and sharing experiences, uh, regardless of where the uh, the student and the teacher are sitting. That's true. I was wondering, do you have another story or two of a student, a person you've worked with, whether back in in the former East Germany, Czechoslovakia, Romania, or more recently, where you've just seen um, seen them really blossom into. A, a solid leader in the church, um, and that various aspects, various kinds of training were part of their growing into that. Well, I, I have uh, former students, former mentees that I'd love to take credit for. Um, <laughs> but um, just as uh, we always said before, that whatever we offered was a piece of the equipping that was going on, uh, we we never claimed that we were the only uh, training that a that a pastor or a church leader a, a participant would get. That we were a piece in their uh, development. Uh, that that's pretty much what I can c- claim with uh, some of my students. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I have students that I've seen have uh, graduated and moved into uh, cross cultural settings in other countries and are. Uh, being very effective. Um, one I can think of right now is in uh, Southeast Asia, and he is developing a training program for pastors in his country. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's totally cool to see mm-hmm. as that's developing. Uh, I've seen others who have uh, moved into pastoral ministry and are uh, are really involved in uh, helping their people engage uh, with the world, and um, that's always very encouraging for me to see. So, um, you know, I've I've got uh, guys that I've worked with. I don't know, even just here from the seminary in uh, six or seven different countries, as well as in uh, ministry positions around uh, around this country. If I look back at, uh, for instance, our time in Romania. Uh, the, the real focus of our time at the end was uh, was helping to develop uh, church-based, regional church-based training programs. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, a few years ago, I was able to uh, spend a day at an Entrust conference in, I don't remember where we were, Hungary maybe. Okay. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. one of the guys that I had worked very closely with um, was there as, uh, as Entrust staff at that point and was the national director for uh, training for his denomination. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to, uh, to see that, that, uh, okay, we planted some seeds and, 
and uh, now some really great things are happening. That's what gives the the uh, uh, the rewards for what we're doing is seeing the people that we've had a chance to have some impact, uh, some in, in involvement with, move way beyond whatever it was that we could have done. That's got to be such a rewarding feeling to see people you've invested in carrying on and even training others in serving Christ and his church. That's 2 Timothy 2.2 in action. And by the way, that's Entrust's theme verse. My guest today, Dr. Scott Klingsmith, is the missiologist in residence at Denver Seminary. He wrote a great article for our Entrust blog, which is, like this podcast, called Equipping Christian Leaders. You can find his blog article at www.entrust4.org slash blog. It's entrust, the number four, dot O-R-G slash blog. Then scroll down and find the entry from May 10th, 2021. Next time, Dr. Klingsmith and I will talk about how people become pastors in almost completely opposite ways in the West as opposed to in other parts of the world. And now here's a question to think about and act upon until we meet again. What is a skill or character quality you need to grow in, and who could you ask to mentor you in that? Seriously, think about it, and I challenge you to go find that mentor. I'm planning to do that myself. I'm Lori Lind, and let's meet again next time here on Equipping Christian Leaders. 